Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. We live in Southern California, where we have, uh, supposedly we have seasons like winter, spring, summer, and fall, but we also have a more prominent season, which is fire season, uh, or earthquake season, actually. But fire season is the topic today. So we have pretty much fire season year round. Today, we have an awesome guest and a good friend of mine, Ryan Ellsman. How are you doing today, Ryan? Doing well. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for coming down. Uh, so Ryan is a air attack pilot. He actually flies a turbine twin commander 690, and he's basically the ATC pilot for a fire TFR. So the plane that kind of controls all the other airplanes in the area uh, that flies over and above all the other airplanes and the fire. So he's got a pretty cool job today and we're really lucky we get to talk to him. I know there's a lot of people that listen uh, that would love to be an aerial firefighter or, or something along those lines. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on today, Ryan. It's really good to see you again. It's been a little bit. And I think the aerial firefighting is really one of the coolest jobs in aviation. Uh, I know plenty of students I've talked to that have gotten into it solely to go and do that. Uh, and personally, I think my closest encounter with fire was a little bit of smoke that was flying outside of a TFR. Uh, it was a big fire in Lake Elsinore. And when I got home, my mom said, Carson Vasquez, have you started smoking? Uh, I just I smelled like smoke. So I can't imagine what you guys smell like after that. But uh, let's start off with what your job title is and what it really entails. My job title is an air attack pilot. So pretty much I'm pilot in command of 690. And there is a person sitting on the right seat. His title is called a ATGS or the air tactical ground supervisor. And he is essentially in charge of controlling the fire traffic area or the FTA. So you see those TFRs for the fires. We fly into those, you know, or it could be one that the fire just started. And he's in charge of managing that airspace, keeping all of the fire fighting, you know, helicopters and airplanes separated, making sure they're not dropping water or retardant on the ground crews, you know, monitoring lots of different radios and essentially controlling that, that fire traffic area. That's that's really neat. Do you ever have to talk on those radios and talk to any of the other pilots as well? Or does that other guy or, or, or lady just talk to them usually? Majority of the time they're talking to everyone. If it gets too, you know, busy or overworked, I can help him out with the radios. Um, a lot of times we can talk ahead of time. A lot of these fires, especially in Southern California, will get a lot of media helicopters. We'll decide ahead of time what altitude we want them at. And I'll take the media and tell them, you know, usually... 2,000 feet above us or whatever we decide to do. And then, you know, if, if uh, we're in a busy congested area, like I've done a couple of fires down next to Burbank, I'll talk to ATC and let them know what's going on, giving the updates on the fire, making sure that if there's any other traffic coming in and out, there's approaches or anything, they're letting me know where those where that traffic is so that we can kind of all work together and make it uh, not have any issues. That's that's really neat. I know I've flown pretty close to those fire TFRs like several times and I can see the planes and I've seen uh, the air attack pilot for the fires that I've flown around. Who knows? I might have even seen you uh, possibly over like North L.A. I've uh, flown over several near Castaic and things like that. And those are just amazing pilots that just try to keep all of our homes safe. So uh, we really appreciate people like you that that go and 
and talk to everybody on the ground and keep make sure everyone's on the ground is safe and and uh, it's really respectful. So uh, I know that I've flown over a lot of fires and I've seen a lot of fires, especially living in California my whole life. Like I said, uh, we have fire season year round pretty much around here, which is pretty crazy. But I know that Carson has had uh, kind of an in-person uh, view of a fire as of semi-recently. So Carson, what was that like? And, and tell us a little about that and some of the planes that might have flown over your home. Yeah, well, uh, during fire season, you know, I've also seen hundreds of fires and the planes that flew over my house, um, actually during the Holy Fire back in 2018, that, that was actually really crazy. Uh, we got evacuated from my house and we had to go uh, to my uncle's in Riverside. And it was just a crazy experience to watch these planes just flew straight pretty much into and over the, the huge plume of smoke that was coming, you know, less than a mile or two from my house. Um, and it looks like they all fly in a, in a really tall stack going over this TFR. So can you explain to us a little bit about what the types of uh, aircraft that flew over the fire are and what their role is? Sure. Yeah. So it, it depends on the, the kind of fire, what you, resources make the most sense. But, you know, you got your helicopters and there's many different types. It's, you know, type one will be like the heavy helicopters. You'll see the big Chinooks or the sky cranes and then down from there is type two and type three will be a little bit smaller depending on what they need. And then as far as the fixed wing side of stuff, you've got the seats, which is, it stands for single engine air tanker. Those are really great for smaller fire just broke out. They're pretty maneuverable. If it's a hard to reach area, they're a little bit more maneuverable than some from there, a little bit bigger tankers. You got all the, you know, Cal Fire S2s, um, lats, which is large air tanker. And there's many different varieties of those and then the VLATs, which is a very large air tanker and i think right now it's just the dc10 that would be the the very large air tanker you got you know like the super scoopers or the fire bosses that will scoop water so if it's right next to a lake they can every couple minutes be dropping a load of water on the on the fire so it really just depends on on what the fire is doing what the fire behavior is doing uh and like you know the person next to me has many many years in, in the fire world so they can typically see where the fire is going to go and what you uh you know resource to utilize in that moment yeah, it was crazy during that during that week long fire that we watched. There was just you know the super tankers that were flying over and over. Um, the DC tens were doing pickups, and and there was like two helicopters that they had. There was a blue and a yellow one, and those are the ones that really saved the saved our our little village we got back there. They uh they just had them keep going, and they emptied out Corona Lake and Lake Elsinore just over the course of that week. It was it was phenomenal to watch them. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, they can do you know, especially if there's water really close. You know, even it seems like once a minute they're dropping, you know, a thousand plus gallons of water. And so sometimes, you know, people like the hella planes and then sometimes the helicopters really can help out a lot. Yeah, those are some really neat airplanes that uh, have flown over and helicopters that have flown over uh, these fires. Uh, personally, uh, my favorite airplane, everyone knows how I like my Icon A5, but unfortunately that doesn't help out with uh, firefighting. Um, I would really love, like my dream airplane, actually I have a lot of dream airplanes to be completely honest. Um, I got to fly that Albatross recently, which was really a dream. Uh, but if I was ever going to go do aerial firefighting or something, I would love to fly a CL-415 um, or a Martin or the Martin Mars. I mean, the Martin Mars would be like a dream come true. Uh, but that CL-415, I mean, I feel like that's like within like grasp of something that would be possible. Marty multi C uh, engine seaplane pilot. Why can't I just go fly that? Right. I should just go, uh, go get the type rating. Let's go do it. So Ryan, you want to go with me and get the type rating? Yeah, let's do it. That'd be a blast. So Ryan, we've talked about planes that we would love to go fly together or, or get type ratings for, and some of the planes that fly over the fires, but I really want to know about the plane that you in particular fly, uh, what type of plane, what type of engines and, 
how do you particularly communicate with other people below you? Uh, I know that you talked about your your kind of co-pilot or person in the aircraft that, that flies with you. They handle a lot of the radios, but do you handle any of them at any time? And, and tell us about that airplane. Sure. Yeah. So it's a Commander 690. Um, we've got, you know, A model, we've got the B model. They're pretty much are very similar. The The reason that they like this plane is it's a turbine airplane. So it's, it's really quick. So if you can get a call, you know, you can almost do 300 knots in it. But then when you're over the fire, you can bring it back to, you know, 120 knots, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, it, they're, they're Garrett engines, which, um, if anyone's ever heard them, they're, they're very noisy on the ground, but they're, they're very responsive. They're a little bit different than the PT six, like uh, King air would have, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a super fun plane to fly. Very rewarding. And, uh, it's definitely can be a handful, uh, especially transitioning into it. But, uh, but yeah, I've really, I, I really enjoy flying it. And then, uh, yeah, so I've flown a couple of twin commanders as well, uh, but none with turbine engines, uh, have you ever flown any any twin commanders that do not have the turbine engines? And what was it like transitioning from a plane like a Duchess, which I know you've got hundreds and hundreds of hours on, to a aircraft that's a little bigger and has a ton more power? How was that? And what was that training like? So I've never actually flown any of the commanders that are the piston versions, but uh, going from the Duchess to the commander was pretty a, a big jump up for sure. It's uh, the biggest thing I'd say is just the well, the amount, you know, the amount of power is definitely noticeable. But it's the having reverse thrust is pretty cool. It's uh, you know, coming into land is is uh, it's a pretty exciting thing. That, you know, when you come in and and you you land, you know, you don't, it feels like you don't even need the brakes. It feels like you're you're throwing out a little parachute when you go into reverse. So that was probably the most exciting thing. But uh, I think the thing that most people will always you always hear about commanders is taxing it. It's the, it's a very different plane to taxi. You don't push the, the rudder pedals down like you'd normally do on, on really any other plane. You just use about the first inch of travel on the pedal and that controls a hydraulic nose wheel steering. So that's, that's the biggest thing. People are like, well, what is this? It's like a very uh, weird transition. But once you get that down, then it's, it's all fun and games after that. Yeah, I've flown the Twin Commander several times. Uh, I've I've ferried it over from a few different airports, and I've I've flown a few different ones. And yes, taxiing that thing is the craziest airplane I've ever taxied ever. Uh, just when you press that rudder pedal and it moves and it doesn't stop, and then you gotta. It's like you're fighting it the whole time, especially <laughs> the first time you go take off with it. Yeah, I took off from like a forty foot like wide runway the first time, and. That didn't feel sketchy at all. <laughs> so, uh, so I've known you, Ryan, for several years now. Um, I've flown with you. I've, I did some actually multi-engine training with you when I was still working on my multi uh, several years ago, and uh, you were just a flight instructor. Uh, so I've got to see you kind of grow in your aviation career, and I think you've probably got to see me uh, as well. And I'm kind of curious, uh, This is this a stepping stone for you? Is this a final place where you want to be in your aviation career? Because... As we know, there's a lot of pilots out there that that like stepping stones, and they also know where they want to get to in their career. Um, is this where you want to go? Is there somewhere else you want to get to at some point in your career? What are your goals, and and what are your dreams, and what are your aspirations? And want to know when you hit them, and uh, and what you want to do. So yeah, it's been a it's been an awesome journey. You know, I guess it was what 2018 when I first started working back at Next Gen. So it's crazy to think how many years have passed since then. Um, I think 
this has been an awesome experience. I have really grown to to love this, lo- love what I do. This has always been the environment that I wanted to get into. One of my, my first chief pilot when I started at uh, taking flying lessons in, I went to Walla Walla University. He did flying stuff and he actually flew a commander as well. And then I, I heard that story and then he just talked about all the different flying world and I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I'm very happy where I'm at. I love the company I work for. They're great to work for. So I, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, but I think the long-term goal would be to get into the tanker world. I always, you know, growing up, I always saw the tankers flying, especially close to my house and everywhere here. And, and that just looked awesome flying low to the ground and, and being able to, to help out fires, you know, or help out all the homes like that. So that's been the the long term goal, but for now I'm I'm happy where I'm at. So we'll we'll see where where it takes me from here. What is the dream tanker? I just told you mine would be that Martin Mars for sure. What is your <laughs> dream tanker that you'd go fly? I think the the dream tanker would be flying the DC-10. I I've seen them. I didn't get to see them at all last year. I was working, but this year I've seen them work, and it's amazing to see when when you know when they're doing their their runs. You know, I think it's I think it's close to ten thousand gallons. It just seems like you know they can put down about a mile of of retardant, and I got to get the tour of that plane this year and meet some of the the pilots and the the chief pilot this year, and they seem like an awesome company to work for. I think that that's going to be the ultimate goal is the DC ten. So, how many hours do you currently have, and how many do you think you need uh, in the aerial attack pilot position to eventually fly something like that DC ten? Like, what's it going to take, and how many years of experience? For you to go do that and and realize your goal. So I think I'm just about over 2,800 hours, and uh, just at that like 500 hours of turbine area somewhere in there. Uh, I think I've, I've heard different answers on that. You know, 3,000, 3,500. You know, it really depends where what website you go to or whatever. I, I think it's more of just kind of showing your interest in it and being able to. I, I've heard the biggest thing is just being able to be on the road with the same crew for two weeks and can you guys get along and, you know, making those right connections. So I think in the next, uh, I would hope in the next year or two, I'm, I've made the right connections and had enough experience to, to get myself into one of those positions. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about making connections in this industry several times on the podcast. And I think making connections is probably the most important thing you can do uh, in this industry. Uh, when we were talking to Chris Cirillo in an episode a couple weeks ago, I think um, he told us, you just go walk around the airport and go, go talk to people and make connections and, and do all of that. I mean, just yesterday I was in an Uber from one airport to another and the Uber driver heard me and another pilot talking and he said, Oh, where are you going to go get that engine rebuilt at or something? We were talking about an engine rebuilt. And he said, Oh, I used to own the, uh, the engine shop at Corona airport. And I said, what you used to own the engine shop at Corona airport. He said, Oh yeah, I retired 15 years ago. And now I do Uber and Lyft for fun. I said, well, that's pretty crazy. So he was telling us about all the airplanes he flies and uh, I got his number. Maybe we'll put him on the podcast one day because he was an, he was an interesting guy uh, for sure. So it would be pretty fantastic. He ended up coming out and uh, meeting, going to Corona airport. He knew exactly where we were going to go meet this uh, other mechanic over there. And he ended up getting out, of the uh, the car without ending our Uber ride and going to go say hello to his friend. Uh, so 
just the power of connections is really big. So I really can see where you're talking about with uh, connections and, and needing to make them. And in the aerial firefighting industry, it's really necessary, obviously, because it's a small industry. Yeah, I was just had a quick story about connections. I back in, let's see, 2020 was when I was going to start SkyWest. And obviously that got shut down. And I kept instructing. I was over at San Bernardino. We just stopped by over at Millionaire. And I saw one of the pilots that works for this company out there next to one of our planes. You know, and I'd never seen him before, but I was like, oh, that's cool. What kind of plane is that? You know, what do you, what do, you do? And he said, oh, I'm an air attack pilot. And I was like, well, that's that's really cool. That's actually what I want to do. So like, you know, how do I get into that? And he's like, oh, well, the boss is right over there. He was flying. He had a 340. He was just happened to stop by. So went over and said, hey, I'd like to work for you someday. And, you know, I think he kind of took a chance on me. He's like, you know, didn't know me, but we kind of stayed in, in contact and told him what I was doing. And and uh, yeah, I took a chance. So I was super grateful that it all worked out the way it did. And yeah, I've loved every minute of it. So meeting the right people at the right time. I don't think there's anything except for fate because you're going to go meet the right people and you're going to meet them at the right time whenever you want to do it. So you probably thought about air, air attack firefighting and there's a book called The Secret. It's about manifesting everything in your, in your life. All you got to do is talk about it. All you got to do is dream it. All you got to do is believe it. And it will come true. I promise you. There's been a million things that I've said I wanted to do and, uh, and I've made them come true. And it sounds like you have. And I know Carson, Carson's done that several times as well. Yeah, uh, that's actually a crazy coincidence. I was just at Luxavere at San Bernardino. I uh, met some of the fire guys there um, in the FBO. So that's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, Ryan, thank you so much for being on with us today. You know, I've really always had so many questions about what the firefighters actually do. And aerial firefighting is really an incredible field and a great dream for many pilots that are you know, in training or looking for jobs after they get their commercial. And you know, it has a special place in my heart, especially after it saved my house a couple years ago. And it's really awesome to hear about your aviation journey, uh, see where you've gone since I met you as a CFI, see where you're going with it. Yeah, and if you'd like to reach out to any of us, actually, uh, you could reach out uh, via Twitter or Instagram for me, at Mr. Martini Guy. For Carson, it's at Carson underscore AV17. And if you'd like to connect with Ryan, he's got a great Instagram, and it's Ryan underscore Ellsman, R-Y-A-N underscore E-L-S-S-M-A-N-N. As a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Thanks, everyone. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.